Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, the Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F. as in Fellowship, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Connecticut. Today is Tuesday, May 10th, 2022, and this is our 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today, we're reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and uh, we are in Chapter 1, Bill's Story, on page 2. We will be reading and commenting on the third paragraph only on page two, which begins at the bottom of the page with, we gave up our positions and off we roared, and ends on page three with, with a profit of several thousand dollars for that year. Today's readers are Craig F., Nancy R., Colleen M., and Leah S. The share ID numbers for yesterday, Monday, May 9th, 2022, are 18,936 for the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. <clears throat> That's 18936 and 18,937 for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting. That's 18937. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Craig F. to read the OA 12 steps. Hi, good morning. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, we made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, we made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, we admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entire, we were entirely ready to have God remove all of these defects of character. Seven, we humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, we made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, we made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 
10, we continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood God, praying only for the knowledge of his will uh, for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Pass. Thank you, Craig F. I will now ask Nancy R. to read the OA 12 tradition. Good morning. It's Nancy R., Recovered Compulsive Eater in Illinois. The 12 traditions personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our private Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous remain forever unprofessional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather We need always maintain personal identity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy R. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing in the big book. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we will be reading and commenting on the third paragraph only 
on page two in chapter one, Bill's story, which begins with, we gave up our positions and off we roared, and ends on page three with, with a profit of several thousand dollars for that year. I will now ask Colleen M. to go ahead and read that for us. Thank you, Rebecca. This is Colleen M. from Maryland. We gave up our positions and off we roared on a motorcycle, the sidecar stuffed with tent, blanket, and a change of clothes, and three huge volumes of a financial reference service. Our friends thought a lunacy commission should be appointed. Perhaps they were right. I had had some success at speculation, so we had a little money, but we once worked on a farm for a month to avoid drawing on our small capital. That was the last honest manual labor on my part for many a day. We covered the whole Eastern United States in a year. At the end of it, my report to Wall Street procured me a position there and the use of a large expense account. The exercise of an option brought in more money, leaving us with a profit of several thousand dollars for that year. So thank you for uh, giving me the opportunity to be of service. I'm Colleen M. from Maryland. And so we've been talking about how we can relate to Bill and Bill's story. And this paragraph is probably the most unrelatable that I um, could have picked or was picked for me. But um, what made, in my life, how I can relate to this is, you know, I had some successes. Um, you know, my food addiction started in my late childhood, um, early adolescence, but I was able to, you know, get to a normal body size. I, I graduated from college. I got married. I had three kids. I, uh, you know, on the outside, everything looked pretty good. But on the inside, I was absolutely dying. My first uh, introduction into 12-step uh, recovery was in the early 1990s when I walked into a room of AA and I wish I could tell you that I have 30 years plus recovery, but I don't. Um, I wasn't ready. I ran out of there fairly quickly and didn't go back for many years. Um, but like Bill, and as we see as we continue to read his story, my disease progressed and, um, you know, things stopped working. Um, the diet stopped working. The weight loss was harder and harder to achieve. I couldn't exercise as much as I needed to to, to keep the weight off. Um, the remorse, the, um, the compulsive thoughts of food. Um, I am multiple addicted, so I have many other addictions that I have to work on and, and maintain. Um, you know, more is better as far as I'm concerned. And, um, you know, like I said, on the outside, when I finally reached my bottom was probably in um, the late 90s, and I surrendered to, um, you know, my one of my addictions. Um, you know, I had everything, I, I mean, everything looked good on the outside. Like I said, we had two cars in the driveway, we had a, a house, kids, uh, everything. And that's very important to keep, keep that facade going. Um, what I loved about the rooms when I came into them was that people were talking about how I was feeling. 
and I didn't get that anywhere else. I didn't get that at church. I didn't get that amongst my peers for the most part. Um, but here, you know, people were actually speaking about what I was feeling, and I knew that I was home. So um, I'm very grateful for my recovery today. I'm grateful for these um, for the opportunity to, to grow with all of you, and I think that's all I've got. I'm going to pass. Thanks, Colleen M. from Maryland. Now, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. So if you haven't shared on a vision for you this past Friday or Monday and would like to share on the third paragraph only on page two in chapter one, Bill's story, we gave up our positions and off we roared through with a profit of several thousand dollars for that year, please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. Lee H. Lee H. My name is Lisa. Lisa C. I didn't hear. Craig F. And I heard Dwight C. I believe. But who else was trying to get in there? Rashad V. Somebody B. Could you? Christina J. Christina J. Rashad. Did, I heard, okay, I heard you Christina get? J, but is it Rashad? Yes. Rashad. And did, and did Rashad. you get Barbara? Barbara. So, Rashad, is it D or D? V is in victory. V. <laughs> yeah. Got it. Okay, so if I didn't call your name, let me tell you who I if I didn't say your name, let me know. I have Lee H, Craig F, Dwight C, Rashad B, Christina J, and I think it's Barbara E. Who who else was trying to speak up? Liz F, hmm. New Jersey. Was it Liz F, as in Fellowship from New Jersey? Suze, F-U-Z-E, S as in Sam, S as in Sam, New Jersey. <laughs> I... <laughs> I think you said S U Z and then S is in Sam from New Jersey, correct? Yes, Suze as in Susan. Suze S U Z E. Suze Suze S U Z E on the end. Got it. Got it. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, and I don't know if somebody else was chiming in at the same time or not. Was there? Yeah. Margaret D. Okay. Margaret T. Okay, we're going to stop there and we'll take more names after this set of individuals take their turn. So it's Lee, Craig, Dwight, Rashad, Christina, Barbara, Suze, and Margaret. Lee H., please go right ahead. Well, thank you so much, moderator. This is Lee H. <clears throat> I'm a compulsive overeater from Tennessee this morning and grateful to be here. You know, as I read this, I'm thinking, you know, this this Bill, he's he's a pretty creative guy. Like and and his wife is kind of going along with this, you know, they're gonna get on their motorcycle with all their blankets and tent and you know, as volumes of 
financial reference service, and they're going to go go out in the countryside and uh, meet people. And I see this as, you know, Bill had some creativity and some spunk and some courage at this point in his life. And, um, you know, that's that's not all bad because as I keep reading, you know, we we see the progression of the disease. And um, right now, there, there, it doesn't look like there's a lot of, of disease showing up. In fact, it sounds like he had a little bit of a sound mind because he says that, um, you know, he made some money and uh, they took a job in order to avoid drawing on their small capital and um, that that was the last honest manual labor on, on his part for many a day. So he's looking back and he's saying that this is, this is the last honest uh, part of, of his life right now. But um, I just look at this as because I see later on where um, this, you know, this courage and creativity comes back as he starts reaching out uh, to other people to help them. And um, the way I relate in is that I'm, I'm a creative person. And I used to just think, well, th- this is a real gift. But the creativity um, sort of latched on to my wanting more. And uh, I used the excuse of, of eating to, um, you know, I'd, I would eat while I was creating and doing my business. And that became a problem, a real problem later on. So anyway, um, I just think it's interesting to see Bill's personality at this point in, in his life and just see the fact that the more, um, you know, he's looking for more money right now and, and looking for more fame and fortune. So anyway, thanks so much for letting me share, and I'll pass. Thank you for sharing, Lee H. Craig F. Good morning. This is Craig F. Recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. A um, couple of things that pop out to me uh, about this. One is um, just to uh, kind of put a little different perspective on what he's accomplishing here. Um, this is the mid-1920s. And in about this same time frame, my grandfather bought a brand new house for less than a thousand dollars the same house that my father was raised in uh and the same house that uh, that he eventually passed away in um that that house he he bought for less than a thousand so today would be worth uh well over a hundred thousand dollars so when bill says he made a thousand dollars saved up a thousand and then he says he uh um, uh, made a couple of thousand on speculation um, in in 1920 terms. Th- that is a, a small fortune, a, a year's wages for for most people, um, and so it's not uh, some you know some small feat that we might uh, think with uh, uh, you know with our night with our 2022 minds. I had to think about what year it was. Um, the other thing is that this is Bill's confidence. His uh, uh, he, he's he's full of dreams and he's striking out to uh, make them uh, come true. And 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 his ego's growing. And and 
just last night uh, was reading with uh, somebody in the doctor's opinion and uh, uh, I, I, I want to read this because this is what's coming it says these allergic types can never safely use alcohol in any form at all and once having formed a habit and found they cannot break it once having lost their self-confidence their reliance on things human their problems pile up on them and become astonishingly difficult to solve and that's where uh, you know bills at the top of the pill getting ready to go <laughs> and, and uh, uh, I, I just kind of the contrast between those two paragraphs struck me uh, this morning and uh, so uh, you know and I and I and in terms of relating to this I relate to it you know when I was in my 20s I was full of full of ideas and full of success and full of uh, you know uh, uh, confidence in my own abilities and uh, you know striking out into the world and and uh, and thinking that uh, it was always going to be great you know that life was full of, uh, of uh, uh, attainments you know that I would uh, I would get a wife I would get a uh, a career uh, a degree I'd get a wow. career I would make money and uh, what I've come to understand since is life is a series of necessary losses and uh, it's my acceptance and serenity in those losses that uh, are important today and with that I'll pass thank you thank you Craig F from Tulsa Oklahoma Dwight C hi good morning Dwight M from Springfield Ohio recovered uh, Thank you for your service, moderator. I appreciate you and appreciate everybody who's on the line for helping keep me abstinent. I couldn't do it without you. Uh, I would take a little different perspective on this. I think that uh, Bill's looking for a geographic cure. He's trying to drive away from himself, literally, and because uh, he can't handle who he is. And I think that's where my identifying in is, is a lot of times when I'm eating, it's trying to sedate myself from who I actually am, and it's uh, an in-place escape for uh, trying to face everything there is about me to face. And um, so I think what we can do is not like who we are so much that we try to numb it with food. And I think he did that with alcohol, and uh, so he had a, a geographical cure. He was trying to get away, and he just couldn't get away. Every, everywhere he goes, there he is, and that's where we are too. Wherever we go, that's where we are, and we have to try and deal with that. <clears throat> and uh, one of the coping mechanisms I've used most often is uh, using a lot of sugar, using a lot of uh, carbohydrates, things that really get me to numb out, get me to not be aware of who I am and where I am. Somebody told me once in the recovery programs to uh, be where your feet are, and uh, I'm hoping that in abstinence I can do that with the spiritual program. I think. God has helped me or my higher power has helped me accept more who I am so that it's not necessary to run anymore. That's the relief that comes from the 12 steps and the relief that comes from working a program with a higher power. And uh, so I'm grateful for that. The other thing I thought about this was he was, um, he thought he was unique. He thought he could go out and do it differently than everybody else. He thought I can go and travel the travel the East Coast and do well and just take some volumes and a tent and a blanket 
And uh, I can't help but think Lois thought he might be insane too, just like his friends did. But he was so he thought he was unique. It was his terminal uniqueness. And uh, as though Bill knows best, but Bill was so unique he was going to die if he didn't stop. So that's a perspective I have on it, a little bit different. But um, I'm grateful for the chance to share. It helps keep me abstinent. And again, I'm grateful for you all on the line. Thanks for helping keep me abstinent in this program. I couldn't do it without you. Couldn't do it without my higher power. I'll pass. Thank you, Dwight M. Rashad V. Rashad, star one to unmute your phone. Thank you uh, for letting me share. My name is Rashad V. from Georgia, and I can relate to Bill on many levels because I remember when I was back in college, I used to go to the cafeteria and eat like three trays of food in the cafe- in the college cafeteria, but I would run eight miles or more a day, so I would keep my weight under control. So that was before my disease progressed as I got older. But I had a lot of ambitions and goals that I wanted to achieve for myself, and I thought that the sky that um. I thought that the sky was the limit, but unfortunately, as I got older, nothing on 42, my disease caught up with me, and my metabolism slowed down. It was harder for me to exercise, and now I'm in a state where it's a matter of life and death. But I'm grateful to be in this program, and I'm grateful for you letting me share. Thank you. Thank you, Rashad V. Hi. Thank you, Rashad V. from Georgia. Christina J. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, everyone. Thanks for your service. Great shares so far. I'm in Washington, recovered for today by God's grace and recovering every day on a huge emotional level, going deeper and deeper into surrender because I have no choice. There's two doors, the food or God. You know, I'm going to take door G today because the other place leads me to hell. But, um, yeah, this was me all over the place for most of my life. I was insane. I was young, like Bill, and I um, started out with my dreams in hand and uh, and a wound of needing validation and love and attention, Um, wanting to prove myself, you know, jump up and down on tables. I went all over the world chasing this thing and uh, draining our bank account, taking out loans, mortgaging our house to get, you know, to continue to feed this dream. And uh, God shut me down. He took away the money. So what was my money? What was my God? Excuse me. Uh, As long as I had money, I figured I could keep chasing the dream because that's what it took, you know. It takes money to get a business going, and that's what I was going to do. But then I ran out of money. I went bankrupt. I had to face the deepest parts of myself, which was I was not trusting God in my good moral character, in my moments of thinking I was really close to God and had religion and was walking close to Him. I was selfish for all those years. I was spending our money on my dreams for success, for validation. I didn't know that when I was young, and it took a long time for God to teach me that, but He waited till the right moment, you see, because money was my God. Money was what was giving me everything I needed to pursue. I, did I check in with God 
and say, hey, you know, should I do this, should I do that? No, as long as I had money in the bank, I was going. And I assumed it was God's will for me. And there is some truth in that assumption because I was given talents to bring to the world, but the reasons behind bringing those talents were incorrect, just like Bill here. It's all selfish. As someone spoke, it's uh, maybe uh, a relocation fix for his disease. Mine was, you know, I needed to prove to the world, just like he did, um, that I was gonna, that I was okay. And you know, I had been thin in my life many times, model thin, beautiful thin, uh, and it didn't get me what I needed. I was lonely inside. I got, you know, cat looks from men, and I got jealous looks from women, and um, it didn't do me any good. It didn't give me what I needed. So now I'm at my goal weight, and um, it does, it's no big deal. You know, it's no big deal at all. I think what was the big deal about I'm healthy. That's the main thing I want to go for. And God's teaching me through this surrender. When I am cautious now and I cry to God, I say, God, if this is something I'm going to do that's not right, please stop it. I don't want to spend money on something that's going to take me to bankruptcy again. I need your guidance every day, and I wait for that guidance. I wait for that guidance. That's the miracle of the program. We go to God. We surrender. And it gets deeper and deeper. So jump on this train and get going because your soul will heal. Thank you, guys. I love you. Thank you, Christina J. from Washington. Barbara E. Good morning, everyone. This is Barbara E. in New Jersey, recovered one day at a time. Thank all for thank you all 480 of one of you of going on this journey with me, and thank you for Rebecca F for all the service you see you do. Well, my disease taught me to lie and cheat. I was chasing food, and I knew it was going to kill me, but I couldn't stop compulsively overeating, never satiated, incapable of stopping for very long. All was hopping on my motorcycle, taking yet another geographical cure. Still positive I was not an addict. Of course, that was my disease telling me lies. I thought I was the star of the show when I lost my weight, but had to finally learn I was just an usher. I didn't know that my disease was getting stronger and I was powerless. I had to surrender and admit I do have a disease and it's fatal. And to my surprise, I found I was an addict. A podiatrist said, Barbara, you have Raynaud's disease. But I was five feet three and I couldn't see my feet, so I didn't know my toes were purple. He said it is usually brought on by cold, anxiety, or stress. And I was certainly always cold, literally and figuratively, and stressed and filled with anxiety. It was like I was being forced by gravitational pull to turn my car into Burger King or Dunkin' Donuts. And yet I was sure I didn't need God. I could do it on my own. I most surely did need some kind of God. But I heard, take what you want and leave the rest. So I did. And I got what I always got, which was absolutely nothing. I was abstinent until I wasn't. 
going once again on that motorcycle, taking yet another geographical cure, another diet getting thin. I'd arrived, arrogant, and yet underneath the arrogance, I knew I was a fraud. I was successful in my career and married with two children, but miserable in my soul. It was like holding my breath underwater. I was incapable of doing it for very long. I was humbled when another sponsor brought the book alive for me and I learned to identify in, not out. No white light experience for me, but slowly I changed. I had to get right side. I really did surrender, give up, throw down the white flag. I was broken, admit, admitted I needed God, but where was I to find him? My sponsor said to work the steps and he would find me. But to remember to give up my skepticism and be willing, humble, and listen and call and say, I don't know, will you help me? Thank you so much, everyone. I pass. Thank you, Barbara E. from New Jersey. Suze S. from New Jersey. Hi, I'm Suze S. from New Jersey. Hello, New Jersey and everybody else. Good morning. Wow. <laughs> I'm so glad I turned on the phone this morning. Oh, my God. Um, I'm about ready to shoot myself in the foot. And I'm a, I'm a musician. I'm a singer. I'm learning instruments. I'm 67 years old, and I have the life I've always wanted. And I'm about ready to turn around and ask for money and ask for this and ask for that. And it's not that I don't deserve to be paid for what I do. It's just this person has given me and my partner, I'm looping my partner into this, like just like Bill did with his wife Lois. And what, what, this is divine timing. I'm, I'm floored. I'm utterly floored and humble and crying by this beautiful share today. It's a turnaround. No, brother, am I going to look for a sponsor? <laughs> and there's another program for money. Oh, yes, there is. <laughs> and I'll be, I'll be looking at that, too. But thank you so much for this, these shares. I I was, in my youth, I was told that, you know, you had money. Well, I wasn't told, but money was really a measure of who you were and your success. Not only your success, but who you were and, and how well you've done and, and really a measure of yourself. And the other was the people that taught me this were the people that, that raised me. But I can't blame them. I'm 67. <laughs> I, have, I have to have learned something. And what I've learned today is to look to God for the answers. Not society, not money, not how I was raised, not how I'm living now. But to look to God for it. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Suze S. From New Jersey, Margaret D. Hey, everybody. Good morning. This is Margaret D. in Georgia, and I'm so grateful to be. Um, I'm just grateful to be in recovery, and I am a recovered compulsive eater. I can 
so identifies with where Bill is at in um, this part of his story. Um, when the first reader was saying that, you know, she couldn't identify with this portion of it, I was right there with her. And then it just hit me that where I can totally, just totally, and it it, it frightens me. It really does frighten me. Uh, but where I can totally identify with Bill is that drive. And I've heard in program before, ego, the acronym is easing God out. I didn't ease God out. I threw him out. Um, and I was so determined to do things my way. And God was an impediment. You know, I didn't... The last thing I wanted was any interference from my higher power about practicing compassion or um, trying to find God in each particular day. You know, I just was so geared towards I've got to survive, I've got to do this. It was, it was really pretty horrible, and it. Um, when I was in my early 20s, I had a um, year-old child. I was married to somebody who, um, oh, what is the word for it? Um, I, I can't pull the word out of the air. Um, somebody who was in the military during Vietnam and had just said, I'm not doing this anymore, and he just took off. He was AWOL. That's what it was. He was AWOL during you know, of all the most horrible choices that a person could have made, that was the one I immediately went to, not because he was a bad person or, or anything, but it was because I was doing this on my own. I just didn't want to have anything to do with God. And if that's not the progression of the disease, um, absolutely no humility. I was so angry at my higher power that I just, I was going to do it on my own. And thank you, God, for helping me through the disease to see that I really do and I really am a part of my higher power. And I I can never be separate from my higher power. I think God just Sorry, lets Margaret. us do and with this, I'm going to pass. I think God just lets us do what we want to do or think we have to do to get closer to him, even though it's a very backwards route. And so thank you, everybody, for your service and a big welcome to the Still Suffering Compulsive Eater. Thank you, Margaret G. Okay. Um if you haven't shared on a vision for you this past Friday or Monday and would like to share on the third paragraph only on page two in chapter one, Bill's story, we gave up our positions and off we roared through with a profit of several thousand dollars for that year. Please press star one to unmute and state your first name and last initial. We have room for five people. Sam S. Uh-huh. I C. Nancy. Uh, Lee, Anne, Florida. Someone from Leslie Florida. W. Leslie W. 
So Sam S. Nancy something. Who was from Florida? Terry M. Terry M. Are you from Florida? From Florida. Okay. Leslie W. And was there anyone else? Lisa C. Lisa C. Sorry, Leah. You have to go next time. Unless somebody goes short, I'll put you down. Okay. So Sam S. Nancy. Terry M. Leslie W. Lisa C. And maybe Leah S. Sam S. Go right ahead. Unless Sam S. did not speak up. <laughs> oh, I was muted and I was already oh, going for it. Go ahead. Go <laughs> Hi, Rebecca. Good morning. Um, Sam S., recovered compulsive eater from Rhode Island. Thank you for leading. Um, this paragraph has me on fire and inspired because I love everybody's spin on it. And my spin on it is this is how I need to sponsor and be sponsored. These are directions here for me. I need to give up my position. In the beginning, it was giving up the food. It has to go down, stay down. I need to roar off with my ride or die. And that for me is my sponsor and the people that I sponsor. I have to make sure that I have the things with me that I need. For me, it's really important that as well as working the steps, that I've got the tools with me that I can use. talks about the, the volumes of financial reference service guides. For me, this, this, this big book of Alcoholics Anonymous might as well be thousands of pages because I swear it's like the big book elves come in and just write things that weren't there. It says, our friends thought a lunacy commission should be appointed. I don't know about anybody else, but my family's idea of working the 12 steps and what they entail, if they know, is crazy. I mean, writing inventory, doing amends, going through all these, having a sponsor, meeting, setting down times. It's crazy for just putting down the food if you don't understand. You know, perhaps people are right. This is crazy, though. And so it says, Bill has some success at speculation. Sure, everything I think I know, great. But once I actually work on it and I avoid trying to do every other way and I give hard work and I'm honest and I'm dedicated to the working the 12 steps after the food is down, I will get profit. And what's the profits? All the promises. I don't suffer today. I have a sponsor who, who comes and guides me. I have women that are my ride or dies. It's not just one person, um, people that are going to bring me back to God, to all the promises that we get. There are so many promises in this book, book and it is just a profit that, that I do not deserve. And, uh, and then I get to give that. I get to share that. And I'm just really grateful because I can take the spin on this and go off of, you know, what Bill did wrong, what Bill did wrong. But all I'm reading here and getting inspired at this morning is the proper use of the will is, you know, head down, work the steps, do it with someone, get in the program and just put the willpower where we can, which is working the steps to get to freedom and to get to a relationship with the power that just keeps on giving. And so that I'll pass. Thanks, Rebecca. Take care. Thank you, Sam S. from Rhode Island. And Nancy, let us know your last initial and where you're from. Thank you. This is Nancy L. in Arizona. Wow, yeah, what a reading. Um, we had arrived. <laughs> well, basically, it, it did say that we had had some success, and that was my husband and I. We, um, we had our, our parents were applauding us, and friends were applauding us. We were we were doing all right, you know, got married, got that apartment in the best part of town overlooking the pool and all. I have a picture of me standing there um, uh, Christmas morning with my 
hair all perfect and beautiful red nails to match my red velvet uh, bathrobe, you know, and right next to this tree with all the bulbs that were all red. And But we're not going to mention the size of that bathrobe. It, it was pretty big, probably extra large at that time, 23 years old. But we didn't pay attention. I didn't pay attention to the size of the robe because why? Look at what we've done, you know? And I can always cover up my weight. I can cover it up. And then the next thing I knew, I was, you know, switching jobs every year. My husband, like um, Bill's wife, you know, he just kind of went along with me. You know, you're going to change another job. Yeah, okay. Yeah, they're mean to me. I need to change another job. You know, it was just all about me and going downhill faster than, <laughs> faster than I could imagine. But thank God, thank God for um, Bill W. and the 12 Steps because I finally found my place. I found where I needed to go to learn how to surrender every single thing in my life, give it up to God. And um, I, it's been an upward climb ever since then. I'm very grateful and I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy L. from Arizona. Terry M. Terry M. from Florida. Hi, I'm Terry M. from Miami, Florida. And um, I identify so much because um, as a team, you know, I worked in a bank and eventually I got my degree paid and it was in finance. And uh, that wasn't my, probably my choice to, but I liked it. It was a great bank, and and I, I I went ahead and got my degree. Well, lo and behold, in this uh, uh, financial district here in in Miami, I had my first job, and I actually sold an option, and I think Bill was buying them, but I actually sold one. And when I did, I felt so bad because. Uh, uh, that's not my thing, speculation. Uh, even then, I I do not like to to gamble with money or. Anyways, I felt so bad for the customer that I uh, I left, and so that was the end of that. But this here that he says that he uh, went on this motorcycle with his wife and all the books. And this was the beginning of that, uh, actually making it more scientific, more uh, trustworthy investments, not just speculating without knowledge. So this thing that he uh, started was uh, the start of leadership. This was vision that he had. And uh, just like he started, or with the group, started the... AA, this was a great thing for the industry because it's not just I'm going to buy this stock, but I'm going to know about the factory. I'm going to know firsthand, and that's what he was doing. And uh, that took a lot. And uh, in Concept 9, I believe it is, where he has his um, essay on leadership, this is one of the things he mentions, uh, vision. Vision is so important. And um, this, I guess Lois saw from the beginning and believed in him and saw his 
you know, his drive and his genius for certain things and, and wanting to start things, you know, different people have it, Walt Disney and other people. And, uh, and she saw that, that he, he did. And, and so I'm very thankful for Bill and all his visionary um, escapades and all the things he did. Uh, because this one was right on target also. So thank you. I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Terry M. from Florida. <clears throat> Leslie W. Hey, good morning. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for your service. This is Leslie W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. And as I read this paragraph, it reminds me... Um, of when I first got married, I was 23, my husband was 25, and we were living in Nashville at the time. And uh, he had applied to several different law schools, one of them in New- in Newark, New Jersey, and he got accepted at Rutgers. And so off we go. He's like, let's go to New York City. Let's go. So here we go. And it just this, this whole picture just reminds me of... <laughs> You know, instead of a motorcycle, we packed up a U-Haul truck, and 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 we just had such big dreams and goals and aspirations, and um, and you know, but once we once we got there, it, it just didn't turn out to be what we thought it would be, um, and uh, you know, I think that. I think that I'm a really great starter. You know, I'm really good at starting things. Um, but I'm not so good with the follow through, quite frankly. And when things get hard, I want to cut and run. I want to quit. There was nothing, you know, so exciting to me as that that thrill of anticipation of that new diet, that new thing that I was going to try, you know, that new adventure, that new weight loss program, that new trainer, that new shiny new gym, that new exercise bike, whatever it was, that's, I just, I just like chasing that high. And I could never really say abstinent until I until I found found the structure and discipline and the accountability and the willingness that I finally I finally got to a place where I, I realized that um I needed a lot more than I thought I did. I needed a lot more discipline than I thought I did. Cause just me, myself and I, I cannot be trusted. My biggest, my husband's biggest complaint with me during all of this, this time has been my inconsistency. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not inconsistent anymore. I follow through. And that's a result of, of this recovery program. That's a result of this, this step work. And it is hard work to do diligently follow this program of action and it is action so i'm really thankful that today um i have the willingness to just do what i need to do and and thank you rebecca and take the action even even if it isn't exciting with that 
I pass. Thank you, Leslie W. from Tennessee. Lisa C. Hi, everybody. My name is Lisa C. I'm a compulsive overeater from New Jersey. I'm currently in New York, um, waiting outside my workplace. Um, I'm so grateful for all the shares uh, because, and it's interesting to be sharing, you know, pretty much at the end and kind of thinking about everything that was shared and noticing how um, there's this beautiful way in which when I don't rush in to speak that others share the things that I thought were so extraordinary or special for a moment, right? Like when looking at this paragraph. Um, and, and I think that that's like the beautiful thing about being part of a community. Um, and for me, so much of my recovery process has been about stepping back um, and being of service, which is really a beautiful, quiet, behind-the-scenes thing. You know, it's not about, hey, look, I have something to share that's so special, or I have the solution to this problem. I'm going to fix everyone's problems. I'm going to change the world. But really, you know, um, holding the door open for somebody, being kind, um, listening, and giving someone your real attention, I think these are really beautiful things. Um, What I what really stood out to me about this paragraph, which was already so eloquently shared, is that to me it's about chasing a high. You know, Bill's not talking so much in this moment about um, his drinking, um, but it's there because that behavior, that, that looking for that dopamine hit in the brain and just not being satisfied and looking for more and, um, and chasing the high. And then for me, I recognize what I see is how, my addiction has so many faces. I mean, I've been addicted to people. I've been addicted to relationships. I've been addicted to ideas, to depression and anxiety, to, um, you know, it's like once I got out of the food, I was on social media too much. Then I cut off the social media. Then I started shopping too much. It's like I, I couldn't quite pin it down, you know. Um, and, and I think that for me, recognizing how truly slippery and insidious the disease is, is is so important um, to me staying abstinent and um, staying in program and like staying close to God, like God, 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 relieve me of the jealousy I feel. God, relieve me of uh, this this moment where um, I'm insecure and anxious. God, relieve me of, you know, um, of anything that I face so that I can be a person who is kind and helpful and listens to other people and wants to be there, wants to show up. So, Thank you so much to everyone who showed up today. All of your words seeped into my brain and um, drew me closer to God. And for that, I'm truly grateful. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Thank you, Lisa C. from New Jersey. Leah S., it's up to you if you want one minute or if you'd rather wait till the next hour. Thank you so much for thinking of me. Lisa said everything that I wanted to say. Thank you. I pass. Okay, thank you, Leah S. from New New York. Um, Thank you, everyone, for your participation in this meeting and for the opportunity to be of service. The share ID number for this meeting, Tuesday, May 10th, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Time, is 18,940. That's 18940. 
please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Leah S. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Thank you. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.